This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Stephanie Bolster McCannon is a Baltimore based organizational psychologist. And today we're going to be discussing my personal state of disorganization, but not really. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, Stephanie was recently featured in Newsweek in a piece that was called Secrets to Happiness. And one of those secrets really caught my attention as I was reading it. It was all about music. And I want to thank you very much for joining us on the phone this morning, Stephanie, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to to talk about everything today, particularly about music and being outdoors and, and anything else that comes up. Well, sounds good. Well, let's start off at the beginning. What the heck is an organizational psychologist? Now, is, are there any couches involved in this? <laughs> no, no, no. And I'm so glad that you asked that question because there is, you know, a little bit of uh, like you said, people don't know what an organizational psychologist is. So we are psychologists, we are scientists, like other psychologists, but we're not clinical psychologists. Just like there are a lot of people that have a, a medical degree and they're technically doctors or physicians, but they don't necessarily see patients. They're maybe doing research or something else. So organizational psychologists work in organizations, <laughs> okay. usually large, usually large ones. And uh, for the most part, we look at a global perspective of what a, a company or a business is doing, how it's functioning, how the members of that organization are feeling and thriving, if there's issues. A lot of times organizational psychologists come in because there's something that's not working. Either profits are down or there's a lot of complaints with the company or the, the workers themselves aren't feeling particularly healthy or well or there are other issues like that. But there could be supply chain issues. So right now, organizational psychologists are doing really, really well. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, with all of this stuff that's going on. And we are always going to have change in our life that is you know the thing that's going to always be consistent and constant there's always going to be change but when you're talking about big groups that have to go through change it's really helpful to have someone like myself or other organizational psychologists help organizations and companies get through that process and be better for it on the other side. And there's a lot that goes into that, but that's basically it in a nutshell. You know, I'm my mind is totally blown because I totally thought that organizational was like a sub, I guess, subspecies of psychology and sort of a, a, a unique specialty like um, behavioral psychology or child psychology or, you know, something along those lines as opposed to, this is more general. I guess you work with like HR departments a lot and boards and and things like that, which um, interesting, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can, but it is a subset of psychology. That's why we are psychologists. <laughs> yeah, just most people think of psychology as, like you said, the clinical psychologist, where you're actually there to help. And even even clinical psychologists can work with groups of people. So, interesting. But organizational psychology psychology is specific to large groups of people where you do have to understand not only 
the individual psychology of the person, but how that's interacting as a whole in a group. And there's lots of different things that go into that. And there's tons of things that different organizations and companies take to try to get a handle on the people part. Um, of their organizations that deal with different personalities and the psychology of the individual and the psychology of the group and the psychology of the whole organization. So it is um, it is psychology. It's just not clinical psychology. Obviously, you were speaking to a large group when you did have a feature in Newsweek magazine talking about the secrets to happiness. And I've got to say that um, from March of 2020 till now, I mean, I think we all deserve a little bit of happiness in our lives after the last two years with COVID. And, you know, I did already spoil that music was one of those secrets that you talked about in that. And I do want to talk about that. But before we get into that, I mean, what were some of the other, you know, secrets to keeping happy? I mean, we've, we've been through, pardon the language, we've been through a shitty, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's time. Uh, you know, we've got to be careful. We've got, you know, we've got all the science and everything else. We've got to be make sure that we're not stupid. But we, we've got to get back to somewhat normal. We've got to be happy. We've got to be able to be enjoying life as opposed to being paranoid about everywhere we go. Uh, what are some of the secrets that, that were featured there? Uh, yeah. So the first one is our mood, which we have the most control over, although we don't think that we do. So I call it mood magic because it's up to us as an individual. And again, we can get into groups and large organizations as well. But for the Newsweek article, I was really pinpointing uh, the wellness of um, the individual. So your mood magic depends on what makes you feel good. And that is different for each and every person. And our happiness stems from our mood. We know that sometimes we're grumpy or tired or all of these other things, but we can do something about those. So that was one of the things that I was looking at is, and something that I get my clients to go through which is a vitamin P list. And the P was for pleasure. And I have them write at least 20 things that they enjoy doing, that you just purely do just for the heck of it because it makes you feel good. I give everybody permission. This is not something that your doctor necessarily wants you to do or your spouse (laughs) or your parents. And so it gives people permission to number one, step back and think, I don't even know what I like to do. I don't know what makes me feel better or good. I don't know what elevates my mood. So it gives them permission to step back and think about that. And it also gives people permission to not have to say, oh, going to the gym elevates my mood or or what. It's like sometimes that's not true. <laughs> sometimes true. playing a video game is elevating your mood. Be honest. And so I had some clients that had to work through that. Um, until they finally got to a point where they're like, you know what, these are my top five mood magic events or participations that I like to go to. And sometimes it is exercise. Sometimes it is playing tennis or those types of things. But so your mood was one and food, of course, food, right. food, food, food. We, 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 all, yeah. we all know that. I mean, it could be sitting on the couch playing a video game, too. Yes. So much that we can do to improve our mood. But, you know, awareness is number one. 
That's true. Well, we are getting deep into festival season, uh, certainly here down in Anne Arundel County, just uh, your neighbor to the south a little bit. And it's actually really all over Maryland. And the hiatus for the last two years has really been pretty horrible um, because we haven't been able to get out. How does music have that much of an effect of, on us? And, you know, how does it uplift us so much? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And there's been so many advances in neuroscience um, that's looking at music, has been. And actually, it's being used in therapy in multiple ways, not just for kids that play, which, by the way, they did a study and that we're looking at children that were hospitalized and they provided um, music therapy and play therapy. And by far, music therapy elevated the mood of these children, helped them feel happier, more alive, more energetic. It really did elevate them more than just playtime. So, and they've done other studies as well, even with infants, you know, with, with different types of music. And of course we could plug up all these electrodes and things like that. By the way, organizational psychologists get involved in that too. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really fascinating. The research that, that shows the, the effects that music can have on a very, very basic level, neuroscientific level with our hormones and cellular growth and structure and just our physiological responses to music is so important to our overall well-being. Well, I've seen a video and I'm sure that you've seen it as well. There's uh, a nonverbal, I'm presuming like an Alzheimer's patient, uh, older gentleman that not talking anything and somebody put a pair of headphones on him and started playing, you know, music from his youth. And sure enough, the toes started to tap and then, mm-hmm. you know, the head started to nod. And, and you could tell that there's a man that, you know, essentially has no quality of life at this point. And the music was bringing that back to him for, you know, that period of time. Yes, yes, yes. There's a book, Counterclockwise, I believe it's called, by Dr. Engler. And she basically did the same thing. She took these, um, although they were pretty healthy, but they were elderly people, uh, volunteers, and she put them in a setting with the, with their music that was from an era that they felt very emboldened and, and very healthy. And all of them improved. Every single one of them improved in some capacity just by being in an environment that felt good to them, where their memory what remembered what it felt like to move to a certain beat or music. So there's so many reasons why we should be engaged in music more often. I'm a huge fan of really listening to good music, put put it in your ears on your drive to work. So much better than the news, by the way. <laughs> even, would, even the darkest song is better than the news today. Probably, probably. But there have, you know, the research, um, for, for the most part, what we call happy music, it's upbeat, it's a faster tempo. Um, So that is important. I actually had a a client who switched his music. He was borderline depressed. He just wasn't in a very good mood. (laughs) And he couldn't quite figure out what it was. He was pretty healthy. He ate well. He did all these other things. But we started talking about music one day, and he told me about the type of music that he listened to. 
and it wasn't very helpful. The lyrics weren't very positive. The beat of the music wasn't even uplifting, if you will. And so we, we developed a plan and he changed his music and he came back and he said it, it made the, a tremendous difference to him so much so that he mixed his own tape. He started mixing his own music and, and doing all this just by switching out the type of music he was listening to. He but, felt better. And it wasn't like his whole life changed. His music changed. That's amazing. That's amazing. Total, totally off topic, and I don't know, maybe you can answer this. How come I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning? Yet, <laughs> yet if, a, if a 1970s or an 80s song pops on the, on XM, I know the I can remember the lyrics like it was a top one hit. Well, there's a couple of things, and I don't know all the details of it, so I'll give you the basis of what I do know. Number one, short-term memory lasts about three, three to eight seconds. <laughs> okay. But long-term memory, and this, and long-term memory happens when we keep repeating things. It's repetition. It's like your timetables if you had to memorize mm -hmm. those. So it's it's true long-term memory, but. I don't know the actual research and the pairing, but there is something to learning with music. It somehow makes it easier or it solidifies it more. I'm not sure the different areas of the brain that are involved in that. I'm sure a neuroscientist can tell you. Um, but there, it is a long-term memory thing. And I think music, from the research that I've read, helps to solidify that long-term memory. So if you want to remember something, yeah, 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 put it to music. Yeah, I used to teach, and I had middle and high school students, and if they were struggling with a particular assignment or not being able to remember something for a task, I would have them put it to a favorite song that they already knew the lyrics to. They just changed the word to our biology exam, <laughs> and they could remember it. They can memorize it. I, this is how I memorized. I think a lot of us did the all the 50 states it was put into a song that's right that's right yeah i'm uh, gonna age myself by saying you know i remember all the little songs about the government was it school of rock or do you know what i'm talking about right, right. i mean conjunction junction what's yeah. your function and how, yes. how, how, how does the bill a bill becomes a, the, yes. the law in the alabama arkansas you know? yes 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 I st and i taught that to my children as much as i could too but there is something john i think you're at, there is i don't know the research but i'm gonna find out now <laughs> well it's you know that's that's true. It's, it's amazing, though. I, we sit there in the car and we're driving. And it's like, how can I remember this song that was, in hindsight, a really crappy song of the 1970s, but yet I know every single lyric of it? I, I don't get mm -hmm. it. It's The mind is a weird thing. That's for sure. It's a wonderful thing. Wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. But they're not mutually exclusive. Weird and wonderful. I mean, that, 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 sounds, that's like, true, that, sounds, true, that true. sounds like the motto of a theme park someplace. I don't know. That's, uh, <laughs> I think that would make a, a great music festival. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the weird and wonderful. They 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 tr truly are out there. Well, I'll tell you, is the is it as we get out into the air? I mean, is it the music scene that's bringing it? Is it because we're out in the fresh air because we've been cooped up for so long, whether that be by e governmental edict or just personal choice or an overabundance of caution, or is it sort of a combination of both that you think that really sort of tweaks our, what are the, the dopamine or endorphins or mm -hmm. that 
you know, gets us up. Yes, yes, yes. That's And that's what's elevating our mood. You know, there's some primary neurotransmitters that we know help us feel better. Um, this has been, you know, a lot of research on depression and things like that have created a lot of rich research on, you know, what makes us happy. I actually have a couple of chemical compounds <laughs> on my wall, the chemical structure of happiness, peace, and love, because these neurotransmitters are so important to how we feel. And this is why I say we can do so much to help ourselves feel better and to elevate that mood. And we just were talking about music being one of them. The second is movement or being out in nature is another one. So you put being outside in nature where you're able to move your body a little bit more freely if you choose to. And music, it's a winning combination. And you're absolutely right, John. We've been cooped up and it's not good for us at all. Being outside is another absolute beneficial thing to our overall health and well-being, and it strengthens our immune system. Um, I know there's been a, a little bit of banter about not being outside um, for long periods of time. It actually creates more sickness, more disease, more depression, more not feeling good, all those things. So we have to be thinking about the more that we feel good, by the way, the, the more robust our immune system. This is why I'm a huge proponent in how people are feeling and what they can do about elevating that mood. It makes such a difference to your, to your life. It makes a total difference between whether you're enjoying yourself or you're not enjoying yourself. And circumstances don't necessarily have to change. It could just be the way that you're now thinking about the circumstances or thinking about your job because your mood is better. And there's a lot of neuroscience about not feeling good or, or feeling frustrated or angry or um, even scared and fearful. It shuts down different parts of our body and it raises uh, a cortisol level, which is a stress hormone that affects very our bodies in, in numerous way and it's not good a little bit is good for us it's a kick in the pants we need a little bit of stress in our life but prolonged stress is detrimental to our health and this is why i'm so encouraging of people to monitor how they feel because it makes enough it makes such a difference on that cortisol level on our stress level and if you can turn up the tunes and feel better go outside Definitely, from all the stress that we've been under and the lockdown, if we can get outside and participate, I'm all for it. And it's actually safer to be outside and participate around others. I still like for people to maintain some social distancing. Um, I have always been a proponent of hand washing. I think that's that should never go away. Sure. <laughs> but it's really important for us to be outside as much as possible and try to recoup some of our, our happiness and connection. Uh, we're social creatures. We, we really need to be vibing it with other people. We certainly are. Well, I'll tell you, you also wrote a book called... Um, Utilizing uh, the middle part of your name, Bolster, but Bolster Up, The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Happy, Healthy Human. And that's actually was number one on Amazon's healthy living category. What we've discussed is a lot of that covered in the book. What's the book all about? Basically, it boils down to my four pillars of health and well-being. And we've covered a lot of that with our thinking and the things that we can do. 
So you're thinking your breathing is next. And again, music (laughs) can help us with how we're breathing. It really does. And that, that all affects our stress level as well. And nourishment. Nourishment is not just about the food that you're eating. It's about nourishing your life, your relationships. Um, and those are the things that, that we need to be working on that we can absolutely do by getting outside and, and doing some of these festivals and things like that. And the last one is something that we don't get enough of or, or, or we're getting too much or not in the right way, and that's rest. So thinking, breathing, nourishment, and rest. And you get you get in the ballpark of any of those, and you're going to feel so much better. You're going to have a much more robust immune system. You're going to be happier, healthier. You're going to live a more humane life. And it is about that. And people are like, why did you say human? I'm like, because being human is about that connection piece. I'm not asking anybody to do this in a box. We need to be able to do this in relationships with, with in our, our families, within our neighborhoods, within our larger communities and organizations. So it's just a really quick read, by the way. It's not a thick book. There is some research in there for each of the topics that I cover because most people want to know why. I was that annoying kid in school. (laughs) (laughs) The teacher's like, oh, this is something, this is a fact you need to know. Why? (laughs) Where did that come from? How do you know that? So kind of research has been in my back pocket all my life. That's why when I am going to find out about the neuroscience of music and memory. (laughs) Well, there there you go. Well, your website is Bolster Up, and that's B-O-L-S-T-E. R-U-P, and is I guess Bolster is a maiden name? Oh, yeah, it is. It That's, is. How, how lucky. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, the thing is, I couldn't wait. I hated that name. Um, I, I wanted to run away from Bolster. I've always been a, a somewhat petite girl, but I've always had quite a big butt. And so what do you think the kids call me growing up? <laughs> so I wanted to get rid of bolster butt. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to get married, change my name. And then I'm like, okay, I got divorced, you know, after 20 something years. And I'm like, you know what? I really love bolster and I love my butt. <laughs> so I took it back with enthusiasm. That's That's awesome. You own it, right? I own it 100 percent. Yes, totally. Well, Stephanie, this has been great. And I do encourage everybody, uh, if you can't get to a festival, just get outside. We've been cooped up, whether it's mentally, physically, whatever it is for too damn long. I know that when I get at my desk working and I get into a fog, the best thing I can do is go walk around the block. And absolutely fresh air, just listen to a bird whiz by or whatever it is. But certainly if you can partake in some of the music that's happening uh, anywhere here in Maryland all summer long, uh, we've got a, a preponderance of it here in Anne Arundel County. I know Baltimore City and Baltimore County has a whole bunch as well. Uh, get out there and do it. You know, Stephanie explained all the benefits of music uh, for us. And that's uh, I, I, I can't disagree with a single single thing that you said. <laughs> it's something that... <laughs> Uh, we maybe have known, but didn't know what the why, which is that goes right back to your kindergarten days or whatever it was. Why, why, why is this yes, like this? Yes, 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 yes. So good for our health. But you want to pick up the book. It's bolster up with an exclamation point. Uh, the ultimate guide to becoming a happy, healthy human. You can get it on amazon.com. It was like I said, the number one in their healthy living category. And 
check out the website at bolsterup.com because you can, uh, I guess there's links to buy the book from there as well, but there's tips, there's classes, you do some life coaching as well. Do you work with individuals as a, in your psychology role? Well, I'm a certified health and wellness coach. Okay. Um, as well as an organizational psychologist. So it's a fine line. I work with broad strokes, wellness. That's why I have individual clients. So yes, I work with individual clients. Most of them, when I work in an organization, it's executives or business owners and things like that. But I have and, and continue to do large groups. I come in often, do lunch and learns and things like that with big groups. And then sometimes... I'll take one or two clients from that that need my assistance to work on whatever it is that's bringing them down in life. Um, so I am a health, certified health and wellness coach as well as an organizational psychologist. It's a great pair. <laughs> I recommend anybody anybody looking for a great job, those two pair well together. It certainly sounds like it. It sounds like you've figured out a way to make it all work. And, uh, you know, what an upbeat conversation. I love this. Thank you. Thank you. Bolsterup.com is where you want to go. And Stephanie Bolster McCannon, Thank you so much for your time this morning. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to meeting anybody that I see or have heard this mention. And if you see me out in one of the festivals, I try to be outside as much as possible. Sounds like a plan. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.